Hey, welcome to the Critics Podcast. This is Adam Sidorius, and this is our first episode. Uh, I'm joined today by... Uh, hello, my name is Joseph. Uh, I'll be co-hosting with Adam today. Yeah, um, so we've been talking about doing a podcast for uh, probably like a year now, mm-hmm. um, which it's kind of surreal that we're actually doing it, because we... Um, I, I mean, we've talked about like several different movies, and... Um, what better movie to start with than uh, Toy Story 4, I guess? Because I have a lot to mm-hmm. say about Forky. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just wanted to bring uh, our giant fan base of critics to life, uh, or, like, to, to a podcast. Like, I, I just wanted to give it to the people. I mean, many yeah. people have been clamoring for this. And it's there's not many other uh, podcasts out there with such a built-in, hardcore dedicated fan base really well even more than that i just want Mm -hmm. to cover the fact that i think i just want to put this out there and be clear about it we're the first white guys to be talking about film um i think that's revolutionary personally um and it's we're basically we're filmmakers when you think about it because we're adam and i have such a good repertoire and we have such a good um uh communication style that we're basically providing you guys a mini play right now so you should really be thanking us for this yeah uh, we in all seriousness we we love (laughs) we love uh we love talking about film Uh, for anyone that like doesn't know us i'm gonna assume that at least one person that is not our (laughs) personal friend is gonna listen to this and (laughs) they don't want to turn it off like within two minutes so i just want to say um for anyone that doesn't know us we actually do love film we're not just like sarcastic assholes um we do care about talking about it we do care about talking about tv and stuff like that um but also our our humor is very um it's very shitty but if you can stick <laughs> with it I, I if you could stick with it i think you'll enjoy it for what it is um so yeah i hope you enjoy the um outdated family movie references um i hope you enjoy the several references that i think you should leave on netflix um and i hope you just really like our inside jokes that will make sense to no one else um but, you know, speaking of inside jokes that will make sense to no one else, um, let's talk about Batman. Um, yeah. Uh, the Batman news? Yes. Uh, so we're a little bit late on this since we're doing the podcast so uh, so late in the game. But uh, Robert Pattinson was cast in Matt Reeves' The Batman movie um, to the dismay of so many fanboys around the world. <laughs> Um, who just can't get over Twilight, I guess. Um, now, Joseph, do you want to tell everyone about our little uh, <laughs> back and forth with a certain Robert Pattinson movie? Um, so I am a big fan of a certain Robert Pattinson movie entitled The Rover. I think it is one of the better movies of the past decade. And I thought Robert Pattinson's performance was electric. I thought it was a standout. And I, I saw it and I went, that boy... Is uh, he's gonna change his career for the better, and then he went on and did good time. But uh, so I think the rover is a fantastic film, but Adam uh, has differing opinions on it. Look, I I don't want to be dramatic here, but the rover is the biggest piece of shit that I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. That's I, I like, no, I don't hate the rover or anything, like, it's not, I don't even think it's a bad movie, I just think it's really fucking boring. Um, like, I really can't get over the fact of how slow it is. I, um, 
I will give you. I rewatched it the other day, and it is a little slow. But I think a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> he there. He's building tension. You know, it's all about. It's about desolation, and desolation is not a word. Is that a word? Uh, it is, but I don't know if you used it correctly. I don't. I think I said repertoire. Wrong. You used that incorrectly. <laughs> I'm using my English degree right now. Um, I think the movie is beautifully shot, wonderfully scored, and has fantastic performances. So, well, I, I, I mean, I, I guess think... you're not wrong, but <laughs> it's just it sucks, though. Is the thing. It's like... <laughs> what su- what sucks about the movie? Oh, I guess this is like. This isn't even about Batman anymore. It's just about it's getting turned into a, into a rover. And <laughs> rover. Robert Pattinson's a great choice for Batman. <laughs> uh, the rover, like, look, okay, the rover by all means is a well-directed film. Um, it's a well-acted film, and I'm not disputing that Robert Pattinson's great in it because he really is. He's like maybe the only redeeming quality. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just hate it, and I think if <laughs> anything, I think you loving it just makes me hate it more because the more you try to tell me to like it, the less I want to do so. <laughs> So I just think I don't, I never want to rewatch it. Um, although last year, um, not to get political, but also to get political, we, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but the night that, uh, during the election night, we, uh, I, we had a deal that if Andrew Gillum in Florida won, I would rewatch the Rover. Um, and me knowing that would not happen late into the night, <laughs> I, I put that into, I put that out there. Um, so maybe I'll do it again this election term. Um, but seriously though, uh, what do you think about Robert Pattinson as the Batman? Um, I think he's a really good choice for it. I personally, I can't like see it in my head. Like when they cast Ben Affleck as Batman and even when Christian Bale was cast, I could like see that in my head, but I, I can't really imagine, um, what he would look like as it. He needs to bulk up cause he's like pretty skinny and everything he's in. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm down with it just because. I mean, like we said earlier, like his entire body of work post Twilight has just been pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Like that run that he had with what the Rover, Velocity of Z, Good Time, uh, High Life. Mm-hmm. You know, he is just proving himself to be like an incredible performer on every level. Um, and I really think he was the most perfect choice you could have because mm-hmm. he's young enough to where he's not like a he's not like Tom Holland young. Mm-hmm. where it's like kind of annoying sometimes yeah. but he like where that's the entire point of his characters that he's young yeah but also he's young enough to where he could do like a trilogy if he wanted mm-hmm. to um so yeah i'm down with it i mean I, I honestly he was pretty much my top pick i mean i couldn't really think of anyone mm-hmm. else that i wanted yeah i didn't really have anyone in mind i remember back when they were casting uh casting him the first time around after christian bale i thought michael fassbender would have been a really good pick but other than Ooh, that I, yeah I wanted that. I thought I was like, ooh, that'd be a, that'd be a hot pick for Batman. Um, I don't th- I don't know anyone else that I really want to. I was very against Jake Gyllenhaal being Batman. I didn't think he. Would. Yeah, me and me and um, Joe have had many words about Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal doing cape movies, um, and I guess I don't know how Joe feels about it, but he is in one next weekend. Um, <laughs> That's next weekend. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, um, but I guess. Uh, I don't know, like, as far as Batman goes, I've always said that I wish... Because, honestly, whenever I think about Batman, I think I, like, kind of just, like, around the 40-year-old... Like, that's the age range I think of. Um, I don't really think of someone Rob Pattinson's age. Mm -hmm. So, before they announced that it was going to be, like, a prequel, I always wanted John Hamm as... uh, Ooh, that'd be be so good. I agree with that, yeah. 
I mean, because like John Hamm is like so. I mean, let's just say he's a very attractive man, mm-hmm. but also he he just looks like a guy you don't want to fuck with. Like, I wanted him to play Cable back in the back when they were casting that as well, and then Josh Brolin got it. But I'm I, rewatching I, Mad Men right now, and I can uh, see that because it's like he's really sarcastic on that show, mm-hmm. and I think that would have worked perfectly. Well, because he was in um, Wet Hot American Summer, the TV show, and I, he was uh, oh I forgot about that. He was the Falcon in that show, and I thought he was hilarious. So I was like, <laughs> he's got so he's like doing like faux action in this and he's he's really fucking funny so just put him in as cable but then josh roll did a very good job with it yeah i i would love to see john ham do something like, mm-hmm. along the superior lines but um i don't, I don't know how likely that is because he's he's pushing 50 um, yeah like it, he's getting up there um so i would love to honestly i would love to just see like a standalone like batman movie with just him like an arkham mm-hmm. asylum movie like a but, joker like like a, a companion piece to the joker I mean, at this point, why not? No one really <laughs> gives a shit about cinematic universes outside of Marvel. So, yeah. like, why not at this point? Um, so, yeah, I think I think that does it with Batman. Yeah. But speaking of Batman, um, another superhero, I guess, is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, not only does he have a new movie coming out next weekend, or <laughs> I guess in two weeks, um, he also has a villain named Venom. These transitions are terrible. Um, I think you're doing... They're seamless. I don't think anyone <laughs> can see where they're going. Um, so, there was news that broke about... Um, or I guess they were interviewing the producers of Marvel about um, Spider-Man Far From Home. And doing so, um, of course, brought up the question of Venom and where Venom takes place in the Marvel Universe. Um, whether or not Venom's ever going to cross over with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. You know, it's been the question even before Venom came out. Um, and Kevin Feige was asked that question at the junket for Spider- Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. And he kind of just said, he didn't really give any clarification, but it's still <laughs> one in the news anyways. He just said, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of up to Sony. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of their, it's their thing. And Spider-Man's also technically their thing. So, you know, I guess at some point, yeah. Um, and now people are speculating... Will uh, Spider-Man go to a Venom movie? Will Venom go to a Spider-Man movie? And if so, what does that mean for the MCU? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really... I, I Honestly, I don't really know what I want from this. Because on the one hand, I've learned to love Venom as a movie. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a good movie, but I... I do love it, like, for its, what it is. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's just this amazing 2003, like, time <laughs> capsule. Like, I think it's so... It's a, honestly, it's a brilliant film at the it's end a, of the day. It's a great double feature with Daredevil and uh, triple feature Daredevil and Catwoman. Uh, and also it's right in with them. Angley's Hulk, I think. Ang- oh, it does fit. It fits really well in with those four movies. Yeah, um, I, I really enjoy Venom for what it is, and I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that fits into the MCU though. Like, I don't know if that mm-hmm. entire um, tone of it, the mood of it, the comedy of it specifically fits into the MCU. Um, cause I mean, I know the MCU is funny, but I don't know if it's like kind of that absurdist, weird <laughs> early 2000s humor that Venom has. Um, so I don't know, like I, on the one hand, I do want to see like Tom Hardy and Tom Holland, like go at it or whatever. But on the other hand, I know Kevin Feige is probably like sweating. Like, well, just I don't think the they'll idea. ever have Tom Holland and, and Tom Hardy make out in a movie. I don't know if they would do that. Well, I mean, that's the only reason I'm really pushing for it personally. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, you'll have to get past the age gap, I guess. But 
I mean, Tom Holland's older in real life, so it'd be fine, but... But, I mean, in his Peter Parker is, like, 16, 17, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I think Eddie Brock is, like, almost, like, 35 or some shit. <laughs> like, I, I don't even know how they're... Gonna, how are they going to justify, like, a 35-year-old fighting a 17-year-old? <laughs> Nonetheless, I'm, making out with one, that'd be absurd. Yeah, that, that would be absurd. Um, I think we should just cancel cinematic universes as a whole at this point. I mean, um, if they can't kiss each other, then what's Yeah, I mean, Thanos didn't kiss anyone in, in Endgame, so I don't understand why. I mean, I mean why, why even... Credits? I, I mean, that might be in the re-release, I'm not sure, but... Oh, yeah, well, since we're on the topic of the re-release, I, I do think that's the... that I think that's the um, post-credit scene for the re-release. Is uh, that kissing? Well, I mean, both Thanos and Tony are dead now, which means he's <laughs> they're both in that little orange afterlife place, and... Uh, if you know anything about the afterlife, it's that you can make out with anyone you want. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what the Bible says. Uh, <laughs> so Venom and Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, so Venom and Spider-Man. I honestly, I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, I don't honestly care that much. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as Spider-Man stays with Marvel, Sony yeah. can do whatever they want, honestly. Like, give me a Spider-Verse sequel, and then you can do as many Jared Leto vampire movies as you want. I don't really mm-hmm. care. Um at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Um, I it's just fun to talk about this stuff, like speculating yeah. about cinematic universes and shit. Um, um, I don't because I didn't really care. I th- I thought Venom was like pretty bad, um, and not in a way that I could enjoy. I think if Eminem scores the sequel, then make as many <laughs> as you want. Um, I think if Venom, because my problem with Venom was it kind of towed the line of whether it was trying to be serious or not. So I think if the sequels really embraced like that absurd just nonsense humor that it had at it because when it was it when it was its best it was like that that wacky it didn't care if it was good or not type of movie so if if for the sequel they did that i'd be completely fine and i'd I'd go opening night um but i don't know i I don't know if that tone fits in with spider-man and i don't know if that tone fits in with the marvel cinematic universe as a greater whole yeah um i i honestly i do want to see like a venom sequel that like just fully goes mm-hmm. for it like i would love yeah. i mean even before venom came out um tom hardy was talking about how many deleted scenes there were um mm-hmm. about like just scenes between him and venom like ad-libbing like yeah. just like this really weird like camaraderie between the two of them and honestly i would um i, I forgot and i don't want to like take credit for this because like i know it's a youtube video i just can't remember who posted it but like they pitched their idea for venom too <laughs> and it was like um Venom and Eddie like break up or something, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a breakup movie, and then they have to like come back together at the end. Like, like it's almost like a romantic comedy. Um, and honestly, I would love to see that. Like, if they really like broke the fourth wall and just mm-hmm. like, in, if they truly acknowledged why people liked the first movie, yeah. and they go for it, I think you could do something special with it. But I'm concerned because it's Sony, and they have no self awareness with any of their movies. Really, yeah. um, they always like double down on the worst shit. Like, when, anytime they have something good going, they just make it ten times worse the next time. Yeah. Um, so, it's hard to say if they'll do it right the next time. But, uh, you know, hopefully they do. Um, but, you know, speaking of Venom, I I just really... If there's anyone that spits Venom the best, I think it's Tim Robinson. Yeah, uh, I I think that man is... He spits so much fire. I think I would go as far as to say he's got the sickest flow in the rap industry. I really think Tim Robinson is great. Now, for anyone wondering <laughs> what the hell we're talking about, um, 
I, I don't blame you. I honest to God would not have watched the show if Joseph didn't hold me at gunpoint um, and force me to watch it. Uh, it's called I Think You Should Leave on Netflix. And honestly, I didn't even realize that it had any sort of a following. Um, and honestly, I am surprised that it got a second season, which is what we're talking about. I'm very surprised season. that it got a second season because... If it's it for those who don't know, it's a sketch show on Netflix uh, from the mind of Tim Robinson. Uh, he was on SNL for one season, and then he was bumped to a writer for three. And then uh, Netflix gave him a, a sketch show, uh, and then and uh, Akiva from The Lonely Island directed all the episodes. So if that, uh, I'm trying to describe what the sense of humor of the show is with that. Oh, but and, you really can't though. Yeah, like, even nothing. if you describe that, like it's like you you just have to watch it. To it's one of those shows where I'll try to pitch it to my to like friends and stuff, and I like. I'll be like, I'll give them like one joke from the show, and it. I'm like, it's much like what I'm saying right now makes no sense, but it works in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, I mean, even I think you're trying to tell me to watch it, and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like against it, but I just really couldn't find the time to like sit down and give it like the time of day. Like, I just couldn't really, um, and I saw, like, a bunch of clips on YouTube, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, like, I'm into that kind of humor, but I, I just didn't know if I could get into it. And then one day, um, I realized that each episode was, like, only, like, 15 minutes, which, yeah. if anyone knows me, they know my policy about, like, shorter the better. Like, I yeah. love shit. Like, if, honestly, if everything could be, like, 30 seconds, I would love it. Yeah. Um, so, like, the fact that this was only 15 minutes on Netflix, I, I, I watched, like, the entire season, like, in one day. And um, while it's definitely not for everyone, like you definitely should like dip your toes in the water and make sure it's for you. But if um, you don't like it, we can't be friends. That's yeah, the only. <laughs> honestly, if you don't like it, you're a terrible person, and you should mm-hmm. not listen to this podcast anymore. I um, mean, you probably should move, just because you don't want people knowing that you don't like the best show ever. So, I'm not saying get out of the United States, but go to like a, one of the worst states. Like go go to Alabama or something. Yeah. Honestly. Like, just don't be near us, honestly. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like, the th- entire thing with this show is that it feels like almost, it feels like Tim and Eric, the Adult <laughs> Swim show. Yeah. Um, and even Tim Robinson said there's a lot of things in this show that are, like, rejected SNL sketches, um, which I can totally see. Like, some of this seems like stuff that would actually be good on SNL that you'd be surprised is on SNL, mm-hmm. um, but that, like, Lauren Michaels just, like, wouldn't approve of. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it has that vibe to it. It has that very surrealist kind of edgy humor kind of vibe. It it feels like at points it feels like a nightmare. <laughs> it, it really does. I mean, it's really just about kind of cringe humor. Yeah. Um, it's I'm what I love most about the show is I think Tim Robinson is such a horrible, horrible actor, and I think, <laughs> but I think it's so <laughs> deliberately intentional to the point where he does like. He'll do, like, similar movements in every single scene. Like, he does the one where when he's screaming, he, like, hunches and throws his hands. And it's, like, he's such a bad host for the show, and it makes it so much funnier. Yeah, especially that one where they're, like, in a board meeting, and they, like, prank him by giving him, like, the whoopee cushion or whatever. Oh, my God. I love that skit so much. I think that skit's so... I sh- it's, it's one of the shows that I've shown, like... That's one of the skits I'll show to people to try to get them to start watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I would like show to people to like introduce. I chunky show. the chunky skit was the one that I was using to introduce to people. See, I don't want to use that one because I feel like it could throw people off too soon. Like uh-huh. I, I want to use like 
maybe that Vanessa Bayer one that I posted. Oh, my brother loves that one, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, but, like, that was really the first one. I think that was even the first or second episode. This is the first um, episode. Yeah, like, that one, like, literally made me... That, like, killed me for, like, five minutes straight. Like, I, after it was over. The one that I was watching, because I binged it the, the same way as you did. It was, like, two in the morning, and I was like, oh, I don't have work tomorrow. I'll just watch something. And I put it on, and I, I was like... I ended up watching the entire show, and I cried laughing at the um, the Santa came early one. Yeah, <laughs> that one is so fun. Every I can say this about every single. I like rewatched. I've seen it like eight times at this point, and I think they're all like when it started. Jesus. When it when I when I first watched the show, I, my pitch for it was like some of them are just not funny at all. Like some of them fall flat on their face, and they're not very funny. But then some of them are like nuggets of gold. Some of them are like the best ones on a night of SNL, you know, and. I've, at this point, I've grown to where I think they're all funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even, like, the ones that aren't, like, the like best. hilarious, like, they're still, like, honestly, they're funnier than, like, anything SNL puts out today. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just, like, I love the weirdness of it. And I love, I think especially, I love the unpredictability of it. Like, yeah, because the skits, know where it's gonna go. the skits change in the middle of it. Like, it'll be one thing, and then it completely goes off. Like, the there's the uh, infomercial one, and then it turns into a into it goes into a like a recording studio and he starts singing right. a song and he's being scammed and it's <laughs> Mountain River Rock. That is yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but like even the last one in the way like all it says Garfield, like the way he <laughs> goes into that, it's just so fucking weird. And I I love it. Like I I genuinely think it's probably one of the best Netflix shows. Like I um, think it's a good I think it's a good like mediator. But someone described it. It was like. It's like it sits right in. It's like Mr. Show and then it, and Tim and Eric, and it sits right in the middle of it. Yeah, I think that's a good. Like, it's not. It's not quite as crazy as Tim and Eric because mm-hmm. Tim and Eric, like, honestly, like half of that shit doesn't even make any sense. It's, it's not even jokes. Like yeah. with Tim and Eric, it's like it's just like what the fuck can we do to like just really fuck with people, and that's what they do with Tim and Eric. Um, this there is more of a punchline to the jokes. There yeah. are. There's more, um, there is like a central, at least you can feel like someone actually sat down and wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> which, well, I just think they get in front of the camera and do whatever the fuck. Um, but I, I really do, uh, I, I do recommend the show like it a ton. Like I can't recommend it enough. Um, once again, it's called I Think You Should Leave on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's the one show I've shown to people where half of the people are like, this is hilarious. And the other half of the people are like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen, Just <laughs> So far, I've only shown it to like two or three people. And all of them have liked it so far. But I know if I recommend it to the wrong person, they're mm-hmm. going to hate it. And they're never going to talk to me again. So I'm being very careful with who mm-hmm. I give it to. I just like, I need everyone. I'm like, everyone watch this show, please. <laughs> Well, speaking of Tim Robinson, um, I think we're going to take a break. All right. We'll take a break. (laughs) Uh, We'll be right back with our thoughts on Toy Story 4. What's up, gamers? Welcome back to the Critics Podcast. (laughs) I am Joseph. I'm joined by Adam, and we're going to be discussing Toy Story 4 now in depth. Yes, um, Toy Story 4, also known as the fourth Toy Story movie, mm-hmm. also known as Forky's Great Adventure. Um, <laughs> the little fork that could. I... Yes. Um, yeah, so this was the, uh, so this, I think Toy Story, the first one came out at, what, 96 or something? Yeah. Um, if not even earlier than that, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's been around for a long time, like, even before I was born. 
Um, and it's honestly, I think for anyone like me and Joe's age, it's definitely a pillar of our childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think you'll be, it's hard to find a person our age that didn't grow up with it. Um, which is, I guess, why they keep making more movies because they know we'll always be there to see them. Yeah. Um, because nostalgia is a very powerful thing, folks. Um, so the plot of this one, it involves Woody. Uh, he's kind of settled into this role uh, with his new kid, uh, Bonnie. Um, he's kind of settled into this role of he's not exactly a toy anymore. He doesn't really get played with by Bonnie. He's far from her favorite toy like he was with Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, he is just kind of like looking over the other toys and making sure they're accounted for and they're getting played with. Um, and, and even then, there's a toy that's already kind of filled that role. Yeah, in, in the world. Um, yeah, I forgot her name, but like yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, I forgot her name, but she does. She does. She she almost does a better job of it than he does. Yeah, like because he's always like trying to keep his toys in line, but here she is like actually doing it. Um, but it's uh, I I just think at that point, um, at this point in the movie, it starts off like only maybe a year after Toy Story three, if not only a few months, uh, and. He uh, he just doesn't have really a purpose anymore, like uh, which I liked. Um, so in comes Forky, because uh, Woody goes to kindergarten with Bonnie on her first day of school, and uh, he helps her kind of craft Forky, and in lo and behold, Forky. This isn't really explained <laughs> like a ton, mm-hmm. like how it happens, but. Um, Forky becomes a toy. Uh, she, she, it's just a spork with googly eyes and a broken popsicle stick as the two feet. And uh, um, pipe cleaners for hands. Yeah. And like, uh, like I think it's what is it, like a Twizzler as his eyebrows or some shit. Like, uh, yeah, some goop or something. Yeah. Like, he very, um, he's very artsy graphy. Like, you could probably make him for like three bucks. Um, although if you go to the Disney store, you can buy a Forky for 40 bucks, so you can do whatever you want. Um, and this kind of, uh, takes them on a big adventure. Um, they go on a road trip and it causes Woody, not only Forky, it's just an opportunity for Woody to reflect on not only, um, what it means to be a toy, but also what he is doing with his life Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but like uh, Bo Peep from the original movies comes in um, along the ride. And uh, yeah, so Joseph, uh, what were your thoughts on Toy Story 4? Um, I thought Toy Story 4 was a lot of fun. Um, the theater I saw it in was awful because there were kids running around. There was a kid with light up sketchers running around the theater. Oh, shit. And yeah. his mother uh, didn't do anything to stop it. And I mean, to a certain point, I sympathize because it's like, you must be tired. Right. But why would you take your kid to a 9.30 showing of Toy Story 4 with yeah, light Yeah, that's when I saw Kung Fu Panda 3. I saw it. Like, <laughs> I, went to go to, I went to like an 11 p.m. showing of it. Like, I was really trying to avoid kids at all costs. But still, somehow, some way, there were a ton of kids in that audience. I um, went to a like an 11 o'clock showing of Lego Movie 2, and there were kids there. So Yeah, like, I, it's I, just I an escape. you can't avoid them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But back like, no matter what you story. do. <laughs> um... <laughs> I thought the movie. I don't think it is. I don't think it comes n- near the kind of mastery of the first three. And maybe that's just because I'm older now. Because I watched those three when I was a kid. So maybe kind of my love 
my innate love for those movies might be overshadowing this one, but I thought it was really interesting um, where they went with it. I think kind of I think the most interesting thing with the Toy Story movies is how they keep them. They don't. They're not. They keep them new and they keep being about new things. Kind of how each movie is some, is about something different right, relating yeah. to growing up. And I think I thought. I, lo- I loved all the new characters. I thought they were all great. Um, the, uh, the Key and Peele's characters were my favorite part of the movie. I thought they were hilarious. Yeah. There was uh-huh. one. Ga- I honestly, I honestly thought of you right away. But I think you know where I'm going with this. But like, there's this one really long gag between them, where, oh, between they... him and the grandma. Like, oh my god! That was, I was like laughing. I was, I was, I was cackling in the theater. I was the only person laughing that loud. Yeah, same here. Like I, I saw like at the 6 p.m. showing on Thursday and. Honestly, there were a lot of kids there, but mm-hmm. they were all pretty chill for the most part, which was a relief to me. Because any other kids movie, I don't give a shit about. But with Toy Story, it's like, yeah. just, please be quiet, like during this one. Um, and with that one, they were not laughing during that scene. But uh-huh. I was like literally losing my shit during that. There was another thing. joke. Spor- Forky made a joke, and I laughed. I was like, leg- it was one of those things where I was the only person in the theater laughing at it, and I didn't care because I thought it was the funniest, one of the funnier lines I'd heard this year. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of jokes in it. I mean, really, honestly, it's super is, funny. It's really, I don't know if I would say it's the funniest Toy Story movie because mm-hmm. Toy Story 2 is pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Um, but Toy Story 4 is, it's a really deeply funny movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I mean, endlessly impressed by, uh, I mean, I guess it's a given at this point, but I'm impressed with just Pixar in general. Yeah. Um, if anything, I think Pixar, whenever you go to see a Pixar movie, you're kind of reminded by how shitty every other kid's movie is. Yeah. Um, like, if you did a double feature with this and, like, Norm of the North, I think <laughs> you would have, like, an existential crisis about it. Like, you, like you would just see, like, a vast, vast difference between the two of them. Um, and with Toy Story 4, I mean, not only is it really, really funny, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of people saying that this isn't as sad as Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Like, it isn't. It's not, but I think it's not trying to be. Uh-huh. And even more so than that, I think it's a good idea not to be that depressing again. Like, don't go for that big um, kind of finality and yeah. tearjerker ending. Um, just do your own thing. And I think this has a very somber conclusion. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know if somber, but like kind of melancholy almost. Like, yeah. there's a sadness to it, but there's also kind of a happiness to it, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, not to give anything away, but it's just, it feels kind of like an epilogue to yeah. Story 3. Um, it doesn't really feel like its own thing like Toy Story 3 did. It feels like it's just kind of another part of that chapter. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't see how they could do a Toy Story 5. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I could, you could, I could see what they would do with it. Um, but I don't, I don't know if they would... I try to dance around. <laughs> I don't know if they would do that, if that... Because... Where the movie ends, it kind of it's not a finale, but it it's an ending of of sorts to the series. There there's there's a certain aspects of it kind of conclude, and kind of tie up nicely. And I I would be upset if they did more with those aspects, but yeah, I think I thought it was um, yeah I thought I thought the ending was really nice. Um, I know I I saw it with a couple of people and they uh they weren't thrilled with things that happened in it, but I didn't they didn't bother me um. And I think I think it. Yes, it was it. It's good. It's it's good. No, I mean, I'm like, just gonna I've, keep saying uh, words. So it, it was a it's good movie. Good. 
Um, yeah, yeah, good. I like it. <laughs> I thought um, it was fun when the, the, the toy st- stood up. <laughs> I loved when um, I loved when Duke went kaboom. Um, yeah, Duke kaboom. Uh, vote him for president this year. He's yeah. A... So, I mean, Keanu Reeves is kind of like just dominating pop culture right now. And, of course, he's in an animated movie this summer, too. And uh, he... I don't know if he's the best character, because Keanu Peele's characters kind of give him run for its money. But his, his, like, three or four scenes that he has in this movie, which are all big scenes, um, they're all hilarious. Like, um, Well, because it's not... Because I'd seen the trailers for this movie, and I was like, is it just going to be that joke over and over again? But then they do something with it that I thought was hilarious. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was hilarious. And... Just some of like his like little one-liners, like mm-hmm. when he calls up uh, both people like lamb chops or something. Yeah. Like, and it's I don't know if that's like really funny, but like just the way Keanu Reeves says it, like makes it yeah. ten times funnier. Um, I I really love that character. Uh, there weren't like a ton of new characters in this movie. Like there was Forky, uh, Ducky and Bunny. Or were those the two characters? Yeah, Ducky um, and Bunny. Yeah, uh, Duke Boom, and then the villain of the movie, uh, Gabby Gabby, yeah, who Gabby. was genuinely terrifying. Yeah, um, scarier than Pennywise or uh, <laughs> any other horror villain, I would say. Um, I was genuinely terrified of this doll. Um, honestly, this is why no one's seeing Child's Play this weekend because Gabby Gabby is yeah. more terrifying than Chucky. Uh, yeah, I I don't know about you, but I think her like, character arc in this movie was kind of what made the movie like stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I'm trying to dance around it, but like, I really enjoyed like on the same way that I enjoyed, um, what was like stinky Pete in the second movie and Lonzo mm-hmm. in the third movie. I really yeah. enjoyed how they fleshed out her character and did something kind of unexpected with her. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that just really speaks to like the entire theme of the movie. Um, which is like kind of the purpose of what a toy is and what a toy yeah. should be, um, and what it means to be there for a child. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I really loved what they did with her. And what I'm I think what's impressive about these movies is is there at the end of the day they are about toys, right? And it's like we're it's like we are cr- like crying and emotionally reacting to essentially plastic, right? <laughs> Because I was, I, that's what I was thinking about. Because there's a lot of themes about like fatherhood going on in the movie, and there's a lot of themes with kind of similar, like with uh, kind of Wreck It Ralph 2 last year, kind of themes of letting people go. And right. Like, let, people need to get older and do their own thing. Uh, and you have to be okay. It's like hard to let go. But it's, I was like, oh, at first I was like, oh, is this going, is this going to be a, a fatherhood metaphor? But then it turns into, but it genuinely at the end of the day is about toys. <laughs> Right, yeah, it's kind of like an existential view yeah. on, like, I don't know, like, I, it's really hard to dissect it because it's about so many different things at once. Yeah. Um, I don't even really know if you can pinpoint one particular theme to this movie. Mm-hmm. Because even Toy Story 3, I remember when I saw that, like, there's parts of it that are about growing up, but also it's kind of about, it's almost like breaking the fourth wall when it's about nostalgia in general and what it means to, like, um, visit back to childhood memories to like yeah. move on with your future and i i really think that the toy story franchise um me and my uh, friend were talking about this the other day um she was telling me how it's really impressive how at least other than the cars movies pixar 
um, find a reason to have sequels. They um, yeah. they don't make sequels just for the sake of having sequels. Mm-hmm. They uh, they want to have uh, they take their time with them. They find necessity to the storytelling. They don't just rush it like kind of DreamWorks does or whatever, mm-hmm. or like the fucking Ice Age movies. I will like, say, I will say that this is probably the best. Toy Story is probably the best example of that, where they're the sequels are necessary and I think they're, they're I don't I, I think the Toy Story sequels are the better the best sequels that Pixar has to offer. Oh yeah, I mean I, I mean I enjoyed Credibles too. Um mm-hmm. and I Finding Dory was good for the most part. And Monster um, University is fun. Yeah, it's good. And uh and honestly I didn't mind Cars three for what it was. I actually never ended up seeing it. Yeah, it it's a masterpiece actually. But um <laughs> No, I, but I, I, I think it's, oh, you'll be hard pressed to find anyone who disagrees with that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's honestly, it is the best, like, uh, not only is it like the best Pixar sequels, but it's like maybe some of the best sequels in film history. Like I, I, I think that it, because so many movies, they have great sequels, but then they have like at least one, mm-hmm. like Indiana Jones has, uh, what kingdom of the crystal skull. Yeah. Um, you know, Star Wars has the prequels. Um, James uh, Bond Born. has plenty of bad movies. Yeah, Bourne has uh, the last two Bourne movies. Um, like, there's a ton of movie franchises that are vastly popular, and, mm-hmm. you know, by all means great, that have, you know, bad movies. But Toy Story is maybe one of the only standing franchises that just doesn't have a bad movie. And, and nonetheless, has a, all four great movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I think is very impressive. What's your favorite Toy Story? Um, I think it's probably still three. Oh, I'm a, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, crushes me. I'm a two guy. I think Toy Story 2 is awesome. I I think, like I said earlier, I think Toy Story 2 is the funniest one. Mm-hmm. Because, um... I, I mean, just, they got the, the bloopers at the end. You can't... <laughs> yeah, you can't beat Stinky Pete. Um, yeah. That guy was set up to fail. When you think about it, everyone's like, oh, he's so evil. He's, his name, they named him Stinky. You know, like, <laughs> how, how are you gonna wake up and... Feel like you're like oh i'm gonna go out to work today and they're like what's up stinky pete no one no kid is gonna like have their favorite toy be stinky pete yeah like oh mom can i bring stinky pete to pizza planet yeah honestly they would probably like throw the toy in the dumpster like the parents probably. Like... and then probably they'd probably punish the child when you think about it <laughs> okay i was gonna add on to that but i think i want to go to spoilers because yeah. i realized what i was gonna say was a spoiler mm-hmm. so real quick what was your rating for toy story 4 i give it an 8 out of 10 i gave it an 8.5 just because i have to be different yeah um but no honestly like i love this movie i it has a few minor issues mm-hmm. here and there but at the end of the day like i thought it was a great conclusion um well for the most part to or for now at least um, mm-hmm. to Toy Story, and I uh, I really did love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we're gonna move into spoilers now. So if you have not seen Toy Story four yet, uh, just stop listening. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you just don't care about spoilers. And even um, if you have seen Toy Story four, just stop listening at this point. Yeah, honestly, at this if you're still listening at this point, I'm <laughs> honestly impressed. Um, so the reason why I wanted to go to spoilers real quick is because um, we were talking about th- throwing the the toys away. Um, so when I was like seeing this movie, um, so the ending or the last like ten minutes of the movie, when Gabby Gabby finally gets um, a child of her own, um, it, the kid behind me whispered to his mom, and I guess I heard it because we were so close. Um, he was like, he whispered to his mom, he's like, "Hey, what if she throws her away too?" <laughs> <laughs> I busted out laughing. 
during this really emotional scene. That's what she. That's what she would deserve. <laughs> she took Woody, Woody's voice box. <laughs> yeah. So now that we're in spoilers, um, I guess we can talk about uh, the fact that Gabby Gabby in this movie has a really fucking depressing story. Yeah. About she's. No one loves her. Um, maybe because she's terrifying. I don't know if that has yeah. anything to do with it. Um, much like the Chucky doll in the new Child's Play movie, I have no idea why anyone would want, want to play with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Aubrey Plaza the- buys uh, Gabby Gabby in this movie as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's going to be Child's Play too. Like, uh, yeah, Gabby, Chucky Gabby. didn't work out, but she's, she's going to get Andy uh, Gabby Gabby. Um, what if Gabby Gabby was AI? AI Gabby Gabby. <laughs> I think that's what they're alluding to. Yeah, I think I think we are onto something here. Uh, but I think uh, this. Uh, I really love this character because even more so than Matzo in the mm. third movie, and even maybe even more so than uh, Stinky Pete in the second movie. I <laughs> think um, it's just weird saying Stinky Pete like in a serious way. Um, <laughs> the uh, a character arc of Stinky Pete is a rather <laughs> interesting one. <laughs> Yeah, I I loved those two characters, but I I want to say this is probably my favorite Toy Story villain mm-hmm. um, because I really liked her character arc. And spoilers, I guess they she's not actually a villain. Um, mm-hmm. She's not a bad guy. She was just looking for a voice box, um, which and I guess what, that is evil. But yeah, like, I mean the way they went about it was fucking creepy. But well, what I thought was really interesting was they introduced what I. What, when I, I kind of caught on to the fact that she was going to be not just a cut-and-paste villain, because she's introduced, and her, her motivations, and she's kind of... It, they don't do the kind of bait-and-switch type of thing, where it's like, oh, you think they're good, and they end up being bad. It's They introduce her as the villain, like, right off the bat. Like, he, like... Like, they, go, like they, they set up the movie, and then they go on the road trip, and then immediately it's like, oh, this is the bad guy, she wants your voice box. You know, they set her motivations up really quickly. See, I didn't know where they were going. Because mm-hmm. I saw it going either way. Because even Stinky Pete, again, he's, he's yeah. a sympathetic guy. But, like, and that's... <laughs> Stinky Pete, he's a really sympathetic guy. Yeah. Um, he, he really is. And, like, you care about him because he... Correct me if I'm wrong. He had a kid, too. Um, and same with Lotso. Like, they both had kids that just threw him away. Um, Gabby Gabby is a little bit different, where she... Correct me if I'm wrong. She didn't have a kid ever, right? She's never had a kid, no. Yeah, so it's a little bit different than that. I mean, I can get why they would change it because that, that would just be like three villains in a row where it's the same story. Um, but I honestly, like, I didn't know if they were going to do like the route where, yeah, there's sympathy for them, but at the end of the day, what they're doing is shitty and they are mm-hmm. villains. Um, or I didn't know if they were going to try to redeem her, and which I think they did. Like, mm-hmm. I think they clarified that, like, yeah, what she did was kind of shitty, but at the end of the day, like... I think it just kind of goes to the message like that for he has the what he has it's yeah. that toys um even more so than wanting to be loved they just want to be there for a kid like they they know that that's their life purpose um and i think gabby was just wanting to have uh her life purpose fulfilled and i think that's kind of going to the theme of what woody was going through in this movie he is at the point now where he feels like his life is over mm-hmm. um he doesn't really see a point and I mean, he's kind of doing his thing in Bonnie's room and like, uh, yeah. he's like, he's, con- he's being a sort of leader for the other toys, but he's not necessarily, um, he's definitely not the leader he used to be, yeah. you know, there's no one really taking orders from him anymore. Um, and he's starting to wonder like, was it all worth it? Like, was it really, 
I mean, I guess it was worth it with Andy, but what's the point of going forward now? Yeah. Um, and I, I really like that Gabby, Gabby, Forky, and Woody all kind of, in their character arcs, all kind of present this kind of question of um, what does it mean to be there for a child? And I think that's what you're going to earlier, like with the whole mm-hmm. uh, fatherhood aspect. Yeah. Um, especially that scene where uh, I forgot who Woody was talking to. But he was talking about, um, I think maybe it was Forky, but when he was just like, uh, you know, you're there for a kid for so long, but then they go to college and then... Yeah, that was with, that's when he's walking down the street with Forky. Yeah, yeah. If and that I was the whole movie, I would have been fine. That was, I thought that seemed, I thought those parts when it was just Woody and Forky just talking, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I thought that, I honestly thought that was like the best scene in the entire movie. It was like Swiss um, Army Man vibes from that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but I was like... Honestly, I was surprised at how like much that was breaking the fourth wall. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, and it, honestly, Tom Hanks' voice just, like, breaks my heart. Like, no matter yeah, what. Yeah. But, like, when he was, like, talking about things, like, you know, you, you're you there for a kid for, like, 18 years. And then one day they just go to college and you don't see what they're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you start to wonder if it's worth it. And I'm just like, god damn. Like, that's, yeah. I mean, the fact that this is, like, a G-grade movie, mm-hmm. it's just crazy. Um, yeah, but, there's no boat peep and uh, Woody Don't Kiss. Yeah, I was really expecting them to, mm-hmm. and they just like cut away from it. Well, I thought um, it was strange that Woody was Woody was bisexual the whole time. I, I think it's interesting to me that Buzz Lightyear was pansexual. I didn't think they would go that route with it, and then I mean, we all kind of knew that Slinky was probably gay. Yeah, <laughs> but they really went there for it, and I I mean I applaud Disney. Um, this can't show in China now, but. They, you know, uh, I, I think the most interesting part about it was when Mr. Potato Head revealed himself to be atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's really interesting to me because I know Disney has like a no religion policy, like no mm-hmm. Christianity either. But the fact that they went the route of atheism, mm-hmm. I think that's and really the fact impressive. that he says God is dead and I killed him. I thought that was a really brave move on their part. See, if you stay for the credits, you'll see a um, tie-in to The Witch mm-hmm. where... Black Phillip is um, summoning Mr. Potato Head. Uh, <laughs> let's yeah, see how that's... much longer we can go with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there's a, if you stay to the end, you get a sneak preview of the lighthouse. Um... <laughs> the new Robert Eggers yeah. joint. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Robert Eggers joint. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, Spike Lee stole that from. <laughs> uh, what was I even talking about? I forgot. Um, Forky. <laughs> Forky. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. They. Uh, I don't even remember what I was saying. Uh, fuck. Okay. Do you have anything to add? Because I forgot. Um, I. I'll <laughs> just talk about what I thought. I thought the movie. Um, I thought the the uh, the Gabby Gabby storyline was super interesting. I thought it was very well done. Um, I thought uh, the the main critique I've heard of the movie is that they kind of the the old the new the old characters are kind of tossed to the side, and it's kind of just about the newer. Uh, crop of characters and that didn't that didn't really bother me because i don't uh, I, I don't it's those characters we've kind of explored if the, and i think woody is kind of the main right. centerpiece of the series um but what is so with this movie ending he kind of leaves the group to infinity and beyond it's like yeah this is kind of like woody's logan yeah like <laughs> woody's logan yeah this is woody's logan um I don't know. Oh my god, it is Woody's Logan. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Forky he, uh, is, uh, he does everything for a kid, and then just 
rise up to the sunset at the end. So everyone's saying that this is kind of they're set up for a sequel, but I don't know if they would do what I was talking about earlier was I don't know if they'll do a Toy Story movie without Woody in it, you know? Um, I mean, that's the question I had because like I can I, I got what you were saying earlier. Like there are obviously pieces in place where you could pick up with either the carnival, like mm-hmm. the Bo Peep or Woody. But or, I don't want them to go because what no, more I agree. explore with the carnival? Because I think they've because like, the only thing they could do is if Woody's like, oh, I want to go back to children, but then that'd just be a that would totally like not only ruin four but also kind of three. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that would just be. I think that would be really shitty. Um. I the only thing I could see is something. I mean, you go back to Bonnie's room, I guess, because I don't see how you introduce Forky into the mm-hmm. world and not go back to him. Um, and well, I, Forky, Forky will lose relevance because I mean, once she's like not like infantile, she's not gonna give a shit about Forky. <laughs> um, I see. I don't know about that because I was one, me and my friend were actually talking about that after we saw the movie, and she was bringing it up. She was like, "Is it, why would a kid even like after maybe kindergarten even care about that toy anymore?" Mm-hmm. And I, I get where they're coming from, but at the same time, I had like a bunch of embarrassing toys that I didn't get rid of until I was like probably Andy's age um, <laughs> in Toy Story 3. Like, cause I was just like, I didn't have the heart. Like they're just in my attic or whatever. Um, yeah. But I just didn't want to get rid of them. Like I was just like, well, sh- I don't want to like get rid of like, like Mrs. Kitty or whatever. Like <laughs> I don't want to like, I don't want to throw them away. Um, so like, I get it. Like I could see them holding on to Forky for however long, but I think the best idea would just be to, leave it here i mean honestly like i don't see where you could possibly go with it like in a way that doesn't completely completely negate this movie yeah well not only this movie but also what the the entire message of this movie Mm -hmm. which is just um that it's okay to move on and it's okay to put your happiness before the happiness of uh someone else like I, i i really think that's um I think that's a really powerful message um, mm-hmm. in a movie about toys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really was impressed by how uh, potent that was at the end. Um, because especially that, that entire, like, last five minutes of the movie, um, I was sobbing. Mm-hmm. Like, it just really hit me when I realized what they were doing with it. Yeah. Um, like, um, when... I mean, just that entire, like, scene where he's saying goodbye to Bo. And yeah you feel the pain like he doesn't want to leave again like he mm-hmm. he went through that like what 20 or 19 years ago or whatever yeah and just didn't he doesn't want to do it again and buzz i think understands that in that moment and he just like lets him he's I like you know say, it'll be okay they kind of dumbed but is, has buzz always been that dumb it, like subtly but it was definitely more like of a focus in this movie mm-hmm um that was but also wreck it ralph too is they made him like a ralph was like a baby in the second one Right, um, or Ant-Man in the second Ant-Man movie. Like he was like yeah. he was like really smart in the first movie and then really dumb in the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean like I didn't have an issue with it, but I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that entire like, I I think I liked like his existential crisis in this movie. Mm-hmm. Buzzes like he was kind of like, um, trying to, I guess that entire thing with him searching for his own inner voice. Yeah. Um. And then at the end, kind of coming to terms with the fact that, uh, you know, Woody is just not happy. Mm-hmm. And learning to let go of Woody, too. The ending, I was really, I thought it was a really satisfying ending. Um, I, 
it kind of felt it felt like uh, if this was a live action movie, it felt like Woody wanted out of his contract. Like this is we're writing him out of the series. Um, this is uh, Endgame. Yeah, this is Endgame. This is yeah. <laughs> Woody is the is the Iron Man of the TCU. Honestly, I thought it was really weird when uh, Bo Peep pushed down Woody to get the Soul Stone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, thought, I, I thought that was odd too. I thought it was weird that Forky at the end kills Thanos. <laughs> it's like. Um, Honestly, that's what Gabby Gabby was trying to do, though. Like, rip him apart to obtain something. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. This um, is literally I, Endgame. <laughs> yeah, this is just Endgame with toys. Uh, I thought Forky was awesome. I thought, I really liked, I thought he was super funny. And I thought, I kind of wish, I was happy with where the movie went, but I really wanted it to be about sentience and consciousness and the innate purpose of life. And it kind of is, and yeah. at the end of the day, it is kind of about the purpose of life. And I really would have, like, really loved if it was this super philosophical Forky has to figure out what he is and why he is and like I think I think it's hilarious that the Forky is is born and then immediately just tries to kill himself over and over <laughs> again. See that was honestly other than like Duke Boom and Ducky mm-hmm. and Bunny, that was probably the biggest laugh in the movie for me. Was like every time he like, I mean, he just over and over again tries mm-hmm. to kill himself, and or like just goes back to the trash. Like he's, he's a, so content with that. He, he's a great, uh, he's a great demonstration of uh, modern youth. He wants to kill himself when he thinks he's trash. So. Yes, uh, very relatable for the Twitter users. Yeah, um, very relatable. Um, yeah, I loved that entire like bit although i will say that is one like minor critique i had like that maybe they went uh too long with that bit mm-hmm. um like because they straight up go with that for like 20 minutes straight yeah um although it leads to that wonderful scene between them uh walking together back to the rv camp mm-hmm. um so i can't really complain um but yeah i mean like everything in this movie i i think the whole existential cre- uh, questions that uh, asks the audience um the journey goes on with woody um the finale of it like the conclusions that it brings to not only really woody's story but um just what it means for like this kind of group of toys in general um i just i loved it like that like in that last shot of like them watching each other like drive away Mm -hmm. i thought that was really beautiful like only in a way that pixar can do um yeah I, i i just loved it what I really appreciated too was it didn't go anywhere I expected it to go. I thought it always because near the end of the movie I was like, oh, they're all gonna end up with Bonnie now. It's gonna be like right. all the toys are gonna go with Bonnie, and then there's gonna be there's gonna be like a a sequence where she's playing with them all, and there's new toys, and there's gonna be like funny relationships set up. But because and that wasn't what they did with it at all. And I realized it's kind of that's what had happened in the previous movies where that's how two big that's essentially the same ending as two. So I was happy to, that it went in a new direction, and it didn't it didn't do what was uh, expected of it. See, that's what I thought they were going to do with it, too, because that scene with Bo Peep earlier on, when mm-hmm. she's kind of sad about uh, Andy's little sister throwing her out, um, I thought that's where they were setting her up to go back to Bonnie um, so she could have a kid again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really glad, like you said, that they subverted that, and they went with, they went with something like a lot more... Um, just i think more thought-provoking and thoughtful i thought with the idea that you don't have to serve like a purpose your entire life like Mm -hmm. you can just be happy like just do whatever makes you happy 
and I, you know, obviously Woody's thing and Bo Peep's thing is just like being at the carnival. And if you say for the credits, you realize what they do um, is uh, they help give toys to other kids mm-hmm. by helping them like win uh, the prizes or whatever, which I thought yeah. was awesome. Yeah, they attack the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Another joke is awesome so funny when they go home to the grandma. <laughs> that's the funniest thing. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk. We didn't actually get to talk about it in mm-hmm. the non spoilers. Um, yeah, that entire um, sequence where uh, Ducky and Buddy mm-hmm. are uh, they're plotting, I guess, the murder. Of the grandma, <laughs> honestly, grandma? I mean. I don't see just how. <laughs> yeah, I don't see how they get away with, like, attacking an elderly grandma like that and not having her die. Um, yeah, I really, I thought that was the funniest part of the entire movie. Like, I was dying. That was one of the moments where they they did it and then they did it the second time, and I was like, I would love if this was the third time. And then they did it the third time, and I was like, thank you for going through. Thank you for going there with it. I really. <laughs> it's one of those um jokes that like it, I don't know if it would work on paper. But the way they visually execute it and the way it's, they it's not like I don't know if it would have been funny if the timing wasn't so perfect. Yeah. But the execution, the timing of it, just and I guess Key and Peel's voices, like their yeah. work in this movie is incredible. Um yeah, I mean honestly, like everything about that those characters in general, like I they can get annoying really fast. Mm-hmm. Like if Kevin Hart or someone like voiced them, yeah. I'm sure it would have been terrible. Um, but they bring so much to it and that entire like sequence is comedic gold. Um, or and even, even though, the, uh, even though yeah, even though Us was a seven out of ten, it's still Peel did a good job in the movie. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did see it early with Jordan Peel himself. Yeah, so. I, I got to meet him and I, I shook his hand and I was like, I mean, better luck next time, bud. I, I showed up late to the house because Joseph yeah. deliberately gave me a wrong time. I guess, and I, and, I and a wrong address. Away. Yeah, I saw him driving away, but I didn't get to watch the movie early. It's weird that he drives a, a Prius. Yeah, um, he exclusively has a radio, but it only plays I've Got Five on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, what a great choice for that song and that movie. But the um, I, the other funny scene in this movie, I think, was obviously, I think this is what you're going for with the Duke of Boom scene was when uh, he has a flashback to his kid. Oh, those are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, like, Rayjean or something like that? I think or it was, uh, is, is it Jacques? No, it was like I think it, no, it's Rayjean. I think it's Rayjean. Yeah, and, <laughs> like, it's just a commercial. I can't it's jump that high. I'm a toy. <laughs> it's unrealistic. <laughs> when he's doing, when he does the, when he does the, the 40-foot jump, he just, like, dings his head on the... <laughs> Yes, I laughed so hard at that. And the joke that made me bust out laughing in the theater where I was the only one laughing is um, it was they were in Bonnie's backpack and Woody was like, you need to go to the merry-go-round and tell Buzz to park the car there. And he went, what's a merry-go-round? And he went, it's the thing that spins with the horses. He goes, oh, you mean a carousel? And I laughed. I laughed. I was like, and none of the kids were laughing. And I was like, you don't get it. Yeah, I laughed really hard at that. Um, I was the, I was the, the, the drama teacher in Lady Bird. They just didn't get it. <laughs> um yeah i uh i laughed a ton like seriously like a lot in this movie mm-hmm. um and especially that scene where he crashed into the light bulb um, yeah <laughs> like he's like i can't do it in fact i can do it with my eyes closed <laughs> <laughs> and he stands up and he's doing the tricks and then it's just like Dink. Yeah. did you think that his like head cracked during that i thought he died i was like if yeah. he's dead that would be the funniest thing in the world <laughs> 
<laughs> Imagine if they did that. Like, they kill, like, just for the sake of a joke, they, like, fucking murder Duke Kaboom. I always want stuff like that to happen in movies, and it, it only, it's only ever happened in one movie, but I can't, it's not a kid's movie, but there, I, there's only been one time where I really wanted a character to die, and then they did. Um... The only time I can think about it in a kid's movie is that one joke in Lego Movie when they kill Morgan Freeman's character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was really... What do you, he's like, I think the joke in the movie is like, well, you can't kill me, and then they just like shoot him or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but with... Uh, yeah, that entire scene was hilarious. And I, honestly, like I said, this is... I, I, uh, I don't know if it's the funniest Toy Story movie. I think it's definitely up there with two yeah. as one of the funniest. Um but yeah, I, I think everything about this movie, like I said, it's not flawless. It's not like a perfect movie or anything, but I do think it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think it's an excellent sequel. Um, way better than any fourth movie really should be. Yeah. I would say way better than any other to- any other Pixar sequel, too. I think aside from 2 and 3, toy- aside from Toy Story 2 and 3, it's, I think it's better than Incredibles 2, and I think it's better than Finding Dory, and definitely better than the Cars movies. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I liked Incredibles 2, and I liked Finding mm-hmm. Dory, but like, this is just like on a different level. This is genuinely a great film. Yeah, I um, mean, I thought, I, I don't, we don't need to get into Incredibles 2, but I was a little disappointed with that. I mean, Incredibles is my favorite Pixar movie, so I was, I was very critical of it. Right. Um, but this one doesn't have the same, for me at least, it doesn't have the same, like, when I, when I walked out of Incredibles 2, and I walked out of Toy St- when I walked out of Finding Dory, I had, like, really big issues with the movie, but I still enjoyed them, and with this, it's kind of, I really enjoyed the movie, and I have small issues with it. Right, yeah, I, I didn't really have any big issues with Incredibles 2, mm-hmm. um, and same with Finding Dory, like, I, I wasn't, like, I didn't walk away, like, feeling any kind of way, but at the same time, I didn't feel as strongly about the, either of them as I did with this one, yeah. like, Neither of those movies got me to cry. Like, mm-hmm. this one did. Um, which I think is really impressive. And I think, at the end of the day, it is definitely the best movie about a sentient sport. <laughs> yeah. um, I can't think of another off the top of my head. Um, so, yeah, I think that about does it. I mean, I think we've talked about pretty much everything mm-hmm. there is to spoil in Toy Story 4. Yeah. Um, so, we'll be back next week with... Um, what is it? I guess we're going to do Spider-Man Far From Home um, mm. Midsummer, which I'm seeing this week, and I think Joseph's seeing soon. Yeah. And uh, honestly, is there even anything next week to review? We might just like, do like a random episode. Next? What comes out next week? Um, I th- We can maybe review... Uh, oh, Annabelle uh, and... Um... Yesterday comes out? We'll do oh, yesterday. I've seen Yesterday. Yeah. Um, I guess we could do that, if you're down to see that. I'll see um, yesterday. <laughs> just for the sake of the pod. Yeah. Um, and all of our wonderful listeners, which... All, all three of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think three is pretty liberal, but okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, like, I think it started with three, but at this point, I really think it's a flat zero. It's just my like, at, the end. at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking about our wonderful listeners that don't exist, uh, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have anything to give away this week, but... Uh, spoiler alert, if you listen to our uh, Far From Home podcast in a few weeks, uh, we'll have a Into the Spider-Verse digital copy to give away. So uh, make sure you listen for that. Um, And yeah, uh, Joseph, what do you want to plug? Follow me on Twitter, at Joseph underscore Salamone. I tweet once a month. (laughs) (laughs) And it's usually for um, 
like good comedic effect because honestly every time he decides to tweet it's really funny so give him a good follow. i like that every time i decide to tweet i like that <laughs> <laughs> i mean honestly i don't know why we're plugging because everyone that's listening is just our everybody follows us. <laughs> but this is just proper podcast etiquette if you've ever listened to a podcast this is what you do at the end yeah. um you can follow me at adam j sidorius on twitter or letterboxd uh you can follow me at adam sidorius um, I don't really write reviews anymore. I just kind of post memes on there. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're into that kind of thing and you, for some reason, don't already follow me, uh, I guess do that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, remember sure to like to, and subscribe. Be sure to check out critics.com for the latest movie reviews. Yes. And also subscribe to uh, Jeremy Johns uh, yep. and uh, Chris Stuckman. Yeah, please and, check out... Uh, Check out the Schmoes No podcast. They've been busting their ass as Star Wars fans for years. <laughs> you know, the Critics podcast, we've been covering Star Wars for many, many years. And yeah. we have not, we didn't get invited to Galaxy. We didn't get an invite to the Toy Story Land when it opened. And it's, a, I mean, I've been busting my ass. Actually, um, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but Travis did get into that. We Are just you? weren't invited. Really? Is that true? Yeah, he, he went. He was there last weekend with, uh, or two weekends ago with, um, uh, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen and Keanu Reeves. Damn, good for him. Yeah, I guess we just didn't get that invite. Yeah. So on that note, a very I, salty I, note. We get, I get Dark Phoenix and Travis gets Toy Story Land. I get Midsummer, but more importantly, yeah. uh, Travis gets uh, Keanu Reeves personally. Um, but yeah, on that very salty note. Um, I we really appreciate you guys listening and we'll be back with uh, more reviews next week so uh, thanks for listening and goodbye bye <laughs>